Welcome to this year's Halloween episode of What Is My Podcast About? Ooh. Our spooky. super spooky Halloween Somebody episode. spook me! No. <laughs> just, just no. That's, no. Sorry, Keith, that's not going to happen. I agree that we're doing this spooky special for Halloween, but not that there has to be actual spooking involved. That's unfortunate. What is the fucking point? Well, the point is, well, this time, talking about movie monsters. I guess. Yeah, that's, sure. That's what we agreed on, right? Yeah, fuck, why not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, before we get into that, though, we should probably figure out who you people are and what you're doing in my house. Yes. I, leading this... De- <laughs> 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 fucking tragedy. Leading this debate of sorts, talk, conversation, podcast, short episode, Matthew. It's like we forgot how to talk in person. <laughs> I haven't, well, I've seen Keith fairly recently, considering the fact that we've been recording our other podcast in person, but yeah, this is, we don't record this podcast in person anymore. I'm just taking in your appearances, it's been so long. <laughs> but joining me are Peter. Hello! And Keith. Hey. Fuck. And various movie monsters that we are bringing to the table. That's awesome. Wait, you guys are literally bringing your monsters to the table? Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> I should probably go. <laughs> it's my anger problem. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I can bring my drinking problem. So, yeah. um, The movie monster that I brought to the table isn't exactly from a horror movie, because I don't think we specified they had to be from horror movies, per se. No, we just specified movie monster. Okay. It, I mean, oh, I, 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 that kind of states movie. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, it just uh, doesn't specify horror specifically. Yeah. Uh, the one specification I made was no one was allowed to pick fucking leprechauns as their movie monster. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I'll be back in like 20 minutes. All right. <laughs> but the monster that I did choose is from a thriller movie. Is it the thriller music video? Is it just Michael Jackson? No, no. Is it Vincent Price? No. The monster that I'm bringing to the table is the great white shark known as Jaws. <laughs> I mean, to be <laughs> yep. actually, Jaws one is a horror movie, though. Yep, uh, it, it's classified more as a thriller, but it does have a bit of horror aspects. There is definitely how, an aspect of tension to the film, yeah. and that's probably the main strength of that movie's monster is the fact that they work on the tension so much. Any scenes in the water, they're filmed in a way that you know something might happen, might it necessarily won't happen, not necessarily, but it could happen, and you don't know when. Well, the key point about this is the Jaws fucking theme has become shorthand for tension is building right now. The whole, da-na, da-na. That fucking thing is just what people use to suggest that something bad is going Mm -hmm. to happen in the future. And it's a good, that whole movie is a good example of you don't need to actually see the monster to know that something bad is going to happen, to know something scary is there. Well, that's one of those benefits of the time as well, because the shark animatronic kept breaking so goddamn yeah. much that they had to kind of improvise and that's kind of what built yeah. the tension so much benefit is a word that well that's one of the key details of a lot of movies made during that time is they didn't have the way to make it look realistic so they fucking hid the monster until like the final reveal at the end yeah when they had like 30 seconds where they could make it look all right 
So a lot of movies have that thing where you don't see the thing that's building the tension for the longest time, and it helps to build the tension. Yeah. And it also helps in this case where it's, well, it's a shark, a very real creature, except maybe proportions slightly exaggerated in this movie's case. But it's a very real creature playing on the very real fear of something dangerous lurking in the depths of the ocean, where that's typically not where we're found. And we don't have an advantage whatsoever against such a beast. Unless you're James Cameron, in which case that man's like turning into Aquaman slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also the added benefit that the real villain of that movie is not the shark killing people, it's the mayor who keeps insisting people get into shark-infested water. <laughs> yeah. He's the real monster. Yeah. He's like, my kid was on that beach too. Yeah, and you made him swim in shark-infested waters. You're the monster here. <laughs> this town needs the income from people coming to this beach, otherwise this town will collapse. Then the town should probably collapse, sir. I'm sorry. There's a shark here. <laughs> so are, are you talking about Jaws, the specific first shark in the first movie, or are you talking about the Jaws lineage? Well, I have yet to see... Jaws 2 and Jaws 3, because I do have to... Uh, uh, uh. Jaws 3D. Jaws 3D. I've yet to see those two movies, because uh, I have to admit that due to my uh, inclination towards all things spooky, I only watched the Jaws movie two nights ago for my first time. <laughs> and you immediately decided oh! this was the best movie monster. I mean, that's the first monster that came to mind. Fair enough. Uh, so, a uh, point of clarification. Did you... Watched the Jaws movie two days ago because you thought the Jaws monster or the Jaws shark would be the best movie monster and that's why you watched it? Or did you watch the Jaws movie two days ago and think, this is the best monster, this is overriding any choice I had before? No. When I sat down to try to think of movie monsters, I thought, Jaws isn't really a monster, but Jaws is a horror movie, isn't it? I searched it up, thriller, I'm like, hmm, that kind of fits. I'll watch it. Yeah. Also, it's an old movie, so it won't necessarily be as scary. I mean, I would agree that it, Jaws itself is a movie monster that's definitely earned its place within that. Oh, yeah. The Paul. fact that it spa uh, spawned so many kind of remakes and uh, rip-offs and stuff like that. Like, fucking that just terrible movie, uh, The Meg, with the very, very big shark that oh, eats yep. ships. Or Piranha, which is just a bunch of tiny sharks, if you think about it. Yeah, a whole bunch of tiny sharks. Like, all of those are just... Rip, uh, ripping off the success of fucking Jaws. So yes. Or Jason X, which is really just a shark in space, if you think about it. I don't want to think of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a successful movie, and I would argue uh, as well, yeah, it's a monster. I agree with your assessment that it is a movie monster. Good. <laughs> I don't know, it sounded like I was about to go against it. I just wanted to make it clear. I completely agree. It's a solid movie monster, and it has spawned many... Uh, Things that are inspired by it, shall uh, so, we say, politely. So I do have some questions for you here, then. Mm -hmm. So movie monsters tend to have a lot of tropes around them and stuff. Uh, like, they're strong in circumstances. I think this one we can agree, water is that circumstance. Yes. <laughs> All other circumstances. Also, bad mares is another circumstance <laughs> yeah. where it gets really good. Bad mares, water, and the fact that this shark is a little bit bigger and stronger than most great whites. <laughs> Weakness, explosives. Compressed yeah. air. <laughs> Can get shot in the head and still swims fine. <laughs> That's true. Can eat a boat. Yes. Sink a huge, or not a huge, but a giant, large fishing, fishing vessel. A moderately sized fishing a vessel. moderately yeah. sized fishing vessel. Yeah, absolutely. It has various strengths. Agreed. Yes. I'm trying to think, does the Jaws shark show any supernatural traits at all? 
Mm-hmm. I, I didn't thirst for blood. No, but that's... That's true. It does very liberally target people. Yeah. It does. And if you look at actual great white sharks, they don't specifically target people like that. Yeah. They just the, specific... Or they target anything that they think is food. Whereas this fucking jaw shark has clearly determined that people must die for it to continue to exist. Yeah. There is the chance that this shark was just so adamant that the mayor was so bad that he's trying to get him fired. He, the the shark is actually a plant by the mayor's political opponents who are trying to make the mayor look bad. That's what the yeah. shark was. But the shark did also show a little bit of supernatural intelligence, I guess you could say, in the final encounter against the people on the fishing boat trying to kill him. Because, like, he's there trying to escape the boat when they first fire a harpoon with the airfield barrel into him. And then he's hiding underneath the boat and continuously, easily evades them and loses their pursuit only to come out where he's least expected. True. Uh, so this isn't so much a point in the movie Monster Column, but this is something I have to bring up now that I think about it, which is uh, people have made a Jaws board game which is a competitive game where one person plays as the shark and the other people play as citizens of Amityville. Is that the town? Yeah, Amity. Amity. I, I think it's just called Amity. Yeah. Okay. Amityville's the house. Right. Um, so, uh, citizens of Amity. So, it's split into two halves. The first half, the shark is eating people at the beach and the other people have to, like, raise awareness and do points to try and, like, research the shark. And then the second half is the fight on the boat where the shark's slowly destroying the boat. But based on how many people the shark ate in the first half, it has extra experience points that it can use to give itself supernatural powers. And based on how much research they did into the shark, the people can have extra tools to fight the shark. So, completely unrelated to our discussion. But you brought up Jaws, and I had to talk about the Jaws board game, which is surprisingly <laughs> fucking fun. Now, I, I, now I, we have to play that at some point. I agree, but I also have another question. What makes the Jaws shark better than other sharks in uh, horror? Well, can you point out any other sharks in horror? Uh, I think we'll... Not include the mag, because that's... Stupid. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what about the shark in Deep Blue Sea? The is, smart shark. Is that the one that eats Samuel L. Jackson while he's in the middle of explaining how they're going to kill the shark? Yes. Yeah, okay, oh. yeah. That one's a pretty smart shark. Ooh. It might not be able to stand up against that, but then again, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't be any judge. <laughs> in fact, it gets revealed at the end of that movie that the shark was actively targeting specific people so oh. that they would raise the water level of the facility so that they would have to escape and thus free the shark. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's trapped in a facility, and then raising the water level allows him to escape. He clearly orchestrated a multi-stage plan in order to escape Via attacking the people working at the facility. Yeah, making sure not to kill specific people before they could do what he needed them to do. That shark is infinitely more smart and terrifying than the Jaws shark. <laughs> that being said, the movie is actually fucking hilarious unintentionally, though. Yes. I, I've got to watch that. Deep Blue, did you call it? Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. I'm going to watch that. Although, now that you know that the shark is planning everything, it also kind of spoils the twist at the end of the movie where they realize what the shark's doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you now know the twist at the end. It's no longer just, oh, are these people going to get out? Oh, well. But you do get to watch, like, with that knowledge, you now get to see how all of the shark's actions work directly in its favor. You get to see the plan unfolding from the shark's uh, perspective. It'll be an experience. Oh, that's something to say. <laughs> oh, fuck. That movie's great. <laughs> Who's your movie monster, Keith? Uh, so my movie monster is actually Kevin Spacey and Baby Driver. No, I'm joking. 
My movie monster is Kevin Spacey in literally anything he's ever been in. So, my movie monster is the mummy. But not just any mummy. The mummy from Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Oh, Good. yeah. Imhotep. The correct mummy. <laughs> not the one that's in the bandage going, as it walks towards you. The one that has powers in by far everyone's favorite mummy scene of the sand face eating the plane, which was horribly tried to recreate, and the uh, Tom Cruise the mummy, which wasn't as good. No, the one where he ends up being the god of death for the future dark movie monster cinematic universe that didn't end up happening. Nope. We did so badly that they were like, nope, not worth it, we're done. So in this one, uh, the mummy is very much supernatural, is he's Imhotep, who was cursed. And this is the thing I always find weird about these types of movies is bad horrible person that we want to make sure is punished we're going to curse him with immortality and lock him away hopefully no one ever finds him because that just dooms all of society <laughs> to yeah. be fair if you curse him for immortality and then actually do manage to make sure he's locked away forever that is pretty fucking horrible punishment being locked in essentially a closet for the rest of your existence but you have to exist forever yeah still aging still rotting yeah that's some incredible psychological torture that you're impo- uh, imparting onto him. But yeah, when your fucking tra- trap that you're locking him inside of him amounts to, I don't know, I hope no one thinks to open this door right here, then yeah, you're kind of fucking up a little yeah. bit. And if you're evil enough to deserve that kind of punishment, uh, things are... It's not going to turn out well. Yeah, I'm just saying the, the pros do not match the cons oh, in no, any absolutely. aspect. Sure, you put him out of your mind, but what about the people in future generations? They're just going to have to deal with him later. Because here's the thing. I'm pretty sure the curse they did on him is what gave him the superpowers. Because he clearly oh, yeah. didn't have the superpowers before he died. Oh, yeah. He was just like an evil dude before he died. Yeah, but the superpowers he immediately gets is, well, he's still trapped in the coffin. He's able to, like, make menacing sounds and sand faces outside. Horrifying. <laughs> Enough to scare Brendan Fraser away. Enough to scare Brendan Fraser, Fraser into not acting for a while, which is just a shame. I don't think it was after the mummy, though. No, it was a little while after, and it had nothing to do with the movies, and it had everything to do with his personal life, but it's still a shame. Yeah. But uh, this mummy ends up having the ability to control sand, turn into sand, control bugs. He has the power of the plagues at yeah. his disposal. I don't remember if he controls all bugs, but I know he specifically controls scarab beetles, which there's the scene where they crawl under your skin and eat you from the inside out, and that's fucking horrifying. Well, he also controls the locusts. Oh, that's right. Also mm. the locusts, yeah. Uh, but on top of that as well, he also just eats people. Yeah. Which I don't think the mummy has ever done outside of this. But it became con- uh, canon to the mummy movies of that's how they turn back from like the desiccated corpse into like a human looking thing is by consuming the life force of other humans. Yeah. And that was a cool thing that like they did a really cool thing in that mummy movie of like establishing, oh, the four people that were inside that room, you're the curse that he has to eat all of you. Which means if it was just one person, he just needs to eat one person. Which I do believe in The Mummy Returns, they specifically do, where they have one person open the box so that he can just immediately kill him and be back to number one. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. And then he's scared of cats until he's in his full form, because cats scared the underworld. Yeah, because uh, cats were on ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics, so obviously cats are uh, responsible for stopping mummies. That's what their main purpose was. <laughs> sure. So, The Mummy definitely has the weakness of cats until he doesn't. Yeah, and then he immediately stops having that weakness. In fact, I think I believe he stops having any weaknesses except for his boner. Yeah. What? His whole goal was to bring back Aksunamun. Oh, right, yeah. A- and he could have easily killed uh, Brendan Fraser's character, uh, her brother, uh, and the pilot that were flying with the sand-eating face thing. But because uh, the female lead ends up kissing him, 
he gets distracted and doesn't finish the job. Oh. Well, I mean, he's been he's been alone for quite a while. Also, he took that being he took that being alone very well if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. He shows no signs of being alive for the last couple hundred years. It kind of looks like he was just... Uh, he died and then had no consciousness until the moment he woke back up. Like, there's no signs of psychological degradation. Yeah, despite over the being completely evil, he seems pretty fine. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he's almost like a... Once he gets finished, he's almost like at a Terminator-esque level of, like, threat. Where, yeah. like, he will run you down. It might not kill you today or tomorrow, but you cannot win against this thing mm-hmm. until they do the ultimate thing of... Oh, you didn't stop him with reading from the book. Oh, no, I didn't have to stop him. I just made him mortal. Okay. <laughs> we undid the curse on him, and now he's just a guy again. Can we just kill him and be done with it? Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think out of all the movie monsters, considering I couldn't pick the leprechaun, this was the one, <laughs> <laughs> this was the one I enjoyed the most. That's fair. Uh, he's just a fun character, especially in later movies. The mummy actually gets a more of a personality aside from just being the menacing Terminator figure coming after you that you don't like know what it's doing. He actually is like kind of like a suave like uh, strategist, I guess that's what it. Yeah. And this meets the pinnacle of the mummy franchise when in the third movie, Tomb of the Dragon King. Wait, no, the Scorpion King. The Scorpion, Scorpion King, King with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. In this movie. Brendan Fraser needs to team up with the mummy to beat the rock. Yeah. <laughs> and if that's not this peak movie making, I don't know what is. It is pretty fucking fantastic. That movie is not amazing because it was one of those ones where CGI was a new thing and they were like, it, this looks great and it'll never age poorly. So the rock really doesn't look good in that movie. But other than that, it's a fun movie. Now, here's the confusing part. And I know I'm kind of going into a tangent about the mummy universe right now. But there's also the movie, The Scorpion King with The Rock, which is the same Scorpion King. And they never explain the Scorpion transformation. Yeah, no. How did he end up as the bad guy in this tomb as the Scorpion King? The curses and magic. And legends giving the legends strength, I guess. Something like that. And then the mummy for the... Jade Emperor is just them fighting gently. Yeah. Fortunately, I can't think of any mummy... There's definitely some out there. I can't think of any mummy board games, though. I don't know why this has become a criteria for me now, but it is. And uh, it's Does a point mean that you're going to have a board game associated with it? Mine might have a board game associated with it. Also, I didn't plan on bringing up the board game associated with my movie monster. It's just when I brought up the Jaws board game, I was like, oh, right, there's one for my monster as well. There isn't one for the mummy, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's already perfected. Of course. It is in its apex form. Uh, so with that being said, I will mention that my movie monster is Dracula, the vampire dude. That's, this is vampire how, dude. that's how most people describe yeah. him, right? Now, what Dracula is this? Is yeah. it like the uh, Liam Neeson Dracula? Not Liam Neeson. Uh, uh, Bram Stoker's. Bram Stoker's? Uh, uh, Dracula. I Leslie Nielsen. That's the one I was going. Oh, Leslie Nielsen. That is another great vampire or great Dracula. Not the Dracula I'm considering. Is it the Adam Sandler version of Dracula? Absolutely (laughs) fucking not. Yeah, I do want to say that Dracula is probably is one of the two monster names that came to mind along with Jaws that I thought of. But then, upon further consideration, I was like, eh. That seems like a little too much research, and I don't feel like doing well, that Well, it's right the now. classic three. Dracula, Wolfman, and Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, 
Dracula, the thing I find most enjoyable about Dracula is with the exception of the few good guys who are always tasked with killing Dracula, and oftentimes it ends up happening to them too, Dracula's biggest power isn't his immortality or his ability to turn into bats or suck blood or anything. It's just that he's like an incredibly charismatic dude <laughs> and every normal human being who interacts with him is like, no, no, I'm on your side now. <laughs> yeah, I, I fight to the death to protect you. You're, you're my bro now. Uh, which in most uh, representations of him, it comes down to some supernatural like pheromone or some bullshit. They have different explanations for why it works. But it's usually him compo- compelling other people to fight on his sides. But every once in a while, they, like, make no supernatural claims about it. It's just like, no, he's just, like, a really compelling guy. And, like, if you talk to him, you'll realize he's not a bad guy. And maybe this fucking Van Helsing or whoever the fuck's hunting him in this movie is actually a dick because he just wants to kill this guy for living his life. <laughs> this man literally burst into his house and assaulted him with a crossbow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, he uh, is immortal, obviously, uh, as Dracula's do be until he gets... Like stabbed with silver or something. I don't know what stabbed silver's with wooden the stake. wolf man. Stabbed with wooden uh, stake through the heart. I think silver also works on vampires. Oh, because the it's whole like thing about vampires cross is cross or something. Well, silver's a pure metal, right? And they can't interact with the pure thing. That's also, just like moving water. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the whole reason that canonically vampires can't be seen in mirrors is because originally mirrors were backed with pure silver and they could be reflected off of that material, which is why most modern mirrors, vampires probably could be seen in, because it's not backed by pure silver. It's like some shitty aluminum fucking alloy or shit. So vampires can't be seen in modern mirrors, so don't let that be a test you use to find vampires. (laughs) That's intriguing. So there could still be vampires walking among us. Uh, There was a joke I saw the other day about uh, the possibility that vampires don't show up in the backing up mirrors of cars, and there might be a lot of vampire destitute people backing (laughs) up into them. Yeah, that's a... That's a fun point. Now, there was actually a fun thing about vampires that I always considered, and it always seemed funny to me that garlic was one of the things that vampires were not good with. And the thought process I always came to was like, what if vampires just really like garlic and they spread that information so that you'd be garlicking yourself up? So when they yeah. bite into you, they're getting that garlic. Yeah, people really uh, people eat a lot of garlic to try and protect themselves from vampires, and then that just ends up meaning that people trying to protect themselves from vampires taste even more delicious to vampires. And it's like a pig trying to like rub itself in like honey mustard to prevent demons from eating it. Yeah. Oh, that sounds delicious. A honey mustard coated. Nope. <laughs> I gotta stop there. Can't start thinking about food. Other than that, the increased senses of vampire can't stand the strong scent of garlic. <laughs> yeah. There's an excuse for it, probably. Yeah. But, oh well. Tis what it is. And vampires are still cool. Vampires are still cool. They're very sexy monsters, according to most uh, representations. Yeah. And uh, in Dracula's case, I've gotta say, villains who are the charismatic and intelligent type are always some of my favorite villains. And that's one of the fun things about uh, Dracula is, especially in a lot of representations of Dracula through different movies, is like the first two-thirds of the movie is just like Dracula just being like a really charismatic person and convincing the person not to fight them. And then you get to the final act where the person actually does fight with Dracula and it turns out Dracula can also just fucking throw hands whenever he wants. He just prefers to talk you into (laughs) not fighting him in the first fucking place. So that is my argument. It is Dracula. He is very fun. Despite being a monster, he is quite civil. He's a very cool dude. I mean, still yeah, have physically, yes. Because yeah. most Draculas don't... Uh, not most Draculas. Most vampires uh, canonically don't have circulation, so their bodies are quite cold. <laughs> <laughs> also, yes, the board game... I mean, there's probably multiple, but the one that comes to mind is the board game Fury of Dracula. Literally a Dracula board game. <laughs>
So we've brought to the table our main movie monsters. Did anyone have any, uh, I guess, honorable mentions or some some sort of monster that they just like to mention? Uh, a monster I would like to mention is The Thing. The Thing's a great monster. The Thing is the kind of monster that made me want to bring around a hot knife wherever I went just to <laughs> touch people's blood to see if they were actually The Thing. Could you use gasoline, too? I could use gasoline. That sounds... Much more, I guess it doesn't sound more threatening than me trying to brandish a hot knife, but I still don't <laughs> I'll give you two choices. Drink this gasoline or stab yourself with this hot knife. <laughs> You're not going to be happy either way, but I need to know. Yeah, so the thing's an alien parasite that ends up in uh, an Arctic research facility, and it has the ability to mimic whatever it devours. So the huh. whole The Thing movie is about this thing slowly... Uh, eating people and then taking on their form and integrating with their friends and then when they get someone alone they then eat that oh, person as well. I've seen clips of that. I hate that monster. Yeah, and it's just called the thing because it never has a name. Yeah, right. It's just a horrifying amalgamation of teeth and skin and flesh. It's a thing of nightmare. Yep. In a sense. There's also a board game about that. Yeah, there is. There's the <laughs> thing board game which is a fantastic board game where it's literally it's essentially Among Us if you play that but in board game form where everyone has to complete tasks so that they can escape the area. Meanwhile, the thing is just walking around room to room, killing people and trying to kind of dissociate. And uh, the thing changes every game. So in the movie, uh, it's very clear, like, well, it's not very clear, but like, it's definitive, like, who the thing is by the end of it and stuff like that. Whereas in this game, it could be anyone. Yeah. Hmm. Another fun game. Matt, did you have an honorable mention? I did. Now, this is a monster that I heard about quite some time ago, and I was just outright terrified of the concept, so I never looked it up until recently. But when looking it up, I found out that there are several different renditions of this monster. This monster in particular being the Tooth Fairy. Ooh. And the main movie that the Tooth Fairy being from, that most people would the probably Dwayne know. The Dwayne Johnson one, where he was the hockey <laughs> uh, player, was the no. Tooth Fairy? Is the Horrifying. Two, the 2003 film called Darkness Falls. Yeah. Yeah. Where, I guess, uh, some uh, woman in the past was wrongfully accused of kidnapping two children, and she was lynched in broad daylight for her supposed crime, only for the two children to show up unharmed and completely fine and uh i guess the woman when she was lynched cursed the village for killing her and she came back as a vengeful spirit to i guess kill children and anyone who got in her way but she can't be in light can't be in light that's her one weakness so suffice it to say when the entire town's power goes out everyone's in trouble and they have to turn on a lighthouse. Yep. And there was another, a different Tooth Fairy film trailer that I saw with a equally disfigured face for the Tooth Fairy. Uh, this one goes around with a hammer smacking people's mouths in. Does it take their teeth? It breaks their teeth. But does it take them after their broken? Maybe. I don't know. Probably. It takes <laughs> the fragments for something. <laughs> Sounds like it would be the debate between, it's like, oh, Jack Frost is the best movie monster. Oh, which one? The Michael Keaton one or the other one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to do a little bit of a delve into finding out which of the, like, three or four different two theories are the best one. Fair. Uh, so my honorable mention is It from It Follows. Uh, I don't know if either of you have seen that movie. Uh, but it's the story of an STD demon. Uh, and the way it works is uh, 
let's just say it is following a person. As soon as that person has sex with another human being, the demon stops following the first person and starts following the second person, trying to kill them. If it ever manages to catch up to you, it will horribly disfigure your body and kill you, and then just go back down one step and start chasing the person who gave it to you. So, in theory, it will eventually kill everyone who it has chasing, but so long as you can strategically plan it out, you can have sex with people and get it to start following them. Yeah, if I remember correctly, there was a joke about, like, and this kind of applies to all movie monsters. If people knew about this and accepted it, Reddit would have this solved within, like, a couple of hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you would have someone waiting on one end of the football field watching it follow you so you get an exact measurement of how fast it moves. And then you could just travel to the other side of the world, have a timer going for when it's going to, like, breach out of the ocean near you, and then fly back and just be fucking resolved. The other classic one is uh, the girl from The Ring. Her whole thing is she wants you to duplicate the video so that everyone on Earth knows her story. And another one Reddit easily has solved. Spread the word. Everyone on Earth just watches the video once and then there you go. Done. Ring curse is over. Wait, so the whole ring curse is like you die if you don't duplicate the uh, So the whole thing is after you watch the film you die seven days later. And the way to remove the curse according to the movie is duplicating the film so that the story gets spread further because it's a girl who had some very traumatic things happen to her. I don't want to get into specifics on this podcast. Uh, and so she created this curse so that people who watch the film die seven days later, but if they recreate the film and pass it on to someone else, then they don't die. Okay. So the whole reason the main character survives is because she copied the film at the beginning so she could study it more closely and share it with her friends so they could also study it, which is a horrible thing. If you find out you have a film that will kill someone in seven days, being like, hey, buddy, can you watch this for me so we can work together to figure out what's going on? is like, hey, buddy, can you die in seven days for me, please? To be fair, they also... The ring girl is doing herself no favors because she didn't establish that you had to copy the tape. Yeah, I know. It is nowhere made clear in her, the actual tape that that's what's going on. It's just one of those things that it is figured out that that is what's going on by the characters <laughs> also, in the film. The tape does nothing to tell you that this girl had a horrible life. It's just like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, it's a bunch of like static images of like a well and circles and stuff like that. And a spinning chair. And a spinning chair, yes. Cryptic. Yep. Not a good movie monster. Not one I was planning on bringing up. It's just while we're talking about Reddit solving every movie monster ever, that one does get to be brought up. Yeah. Um, or what to do to survive a Saw encounter. Yes. Uh, that's just a whole fucking thing. Alright. Any other honorable mentions we want to bring up? Other than leprechauns, because they're not to be mentioned. You keep telling me no. <laughs> At this point, I'm just curious. Fine, we can talk about leprechauns. <laughs> you see, it all starts with leprechaun back in the hood. Oh no. I uh, Literally, it's was intended probably as an actual horror movie, but very much feels like someone just wanting to make a horror movie for St. Patrick's Day and making the goofiest fucking movie ever, which is leprechauns that essentially go around like granting wishes, but in the most like monkey's paw-esque way where your wish ends up killing you later on after your wish has been granted. Okay. Like, I remember there's one girl who wishes she had a more curvy body because she wanted to be more attractive. And her butt and breasts expand so much that she fucking explodes and can't fit through doorways. Yep. That's how the leprechauns do be doing things. Yep. Oh my god. Okay. Alright. That, that's a thing. Yeah, I uh. think that, that was... Mo like, a lot of monster movies or, like, horror movies of the time kind of fell into that where they became so goofy. 
Yeah. Uh, I think mm-hmm. another example of that, which did it really well, was the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yeah, that was another kind of goofy take on horror movies. Except that one, the first one didn't wasn't intentionally goofy. Like, it was a little bit of a play on tropes, but it wasn't goofy per se. And then as the series went on, it just got fucking goofy intentionally. It's what's craving for you, yeah. though. And uh, what about that uh, that plant monster? Is it Audrey? Little... Little Shop of Horrors. Horrors. Shop Audrey 2. Audrey 2. That's the one. You gotta remember it's Audrey 2 because it's named after the girl that Seymour had a crush on. He uh, named his murderous human-eating plant Audrey 2 after the girl he had a crush on. Yeah. That one's a good one. In that it gives Seymour everything he's ever wanted but also consumes blood and flesh on the regular. Which is not something he wanted to clarify. And depending mm. on the cut you watch at the end, takes over the planet. Uh, yeah, either takes over the planet or dies. Oh. Interesting. I prefer the cut where he takes over the planet because I think that's just a better story. He's from outer space as well. He's an intergalactic plant from outer space. Th- that makes a little more sense. As, well, as much sense as a giant <laughs> flesh-eating plant. <laughs> now I'm on board. This is believable. I understand and accept what you're saying. Uh, well, there's a level of suspense and disbelief that has to be taken into consideration for any of these monsters. In any fucking movie, you have to have some level of suspension of disbelief you're willing to accept. These ones just require a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah, um... I didn't really have anything else to bring to the table. Well, hopefully for you listening uh, out there, this gave you a few fun ideas of something you can watch this Halloween if you watch it in time. If not, save it for next year, I guess. Yeah, in theory, this is coming out the morning of Halloween, so watch it as soon as it comes. Yes, I'm telling you at the end of the episode that you better watch this episode as soon as it comes out so that you know what to watch in the evening. Yes. Matthew, you better watch each and every one of these movies in the evening. I'm going to be watching Deep Blue Sea, I can tell you that. (laughs) Alright, I'll accept that. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to our not-so-spooky October 31st spooky episode of What Is My Podcast About. Our typical scheduling, you can find us having our episode posted once every two weeks, so tune back in. uh, Tomorrow. I, tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. Our <laughs> Tomorrow's actual, our next episode. When our actual episode comes out. If you want to hit on that, listen to our last episode. We gave a hit then. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, tune in tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Ghost. <laughs>